morning, everybody. Happy sunny hump day. And welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's political editor, John Stevens. Good morning, John. Hi, morning, Susie. Uh, thank you for joining us on Budget Day. It's a pretty busy day for you in Westminster, but we're going to uh, get through it as quick as we can. Now, this is the People's Pay-Per-View, so get into the comments, ask us your questions. We'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on podcasts are just going to have to find a financial rabbit to pull out of your economic hat instead. So what have we got for you today? Well, the Mirror has splashed on a call for Chancellor Jeremy Hunt to use the budget he'll be presenting to boost Britain and reward key workers. More on the incredible unlikelihood of that later. But first to page two, which is looking ahead to next Wednesday, when the ousted Premier Boris Johnson is going to give televised evidence to the parliamentary investigation into his lockdown parties. Now, John, we've heard this morning that he sent a dossier of evidence to the Privileges Committee about why it shouldn't go ahead. He is desperate to duck this one, isn't he? Has he got a cat in hell's chance? Yeah, he is really desperate, as you say. We know that he's been spending quite a lot of money, taxpayers' money on legal advice, preparing for these hearings. And, you know, he's got Lord Panic, who's this leading lawyer, coming up with all these reasons why they think he shouldn't be facing these questions. And, yeah, there's this report out today saying that ahead of this big hearing next Wednesday, what he's going to do is kind of send in this big dossier of evidence saying, this is why I don't think I misled uh, MPs about Partygate and say we shouldn't be having this hearing at all we should just stop all of the um, debate about it now stop the investigation but I don't think there's any chance of that happening at all I think MPs just the week before last they put out this interim report showing how they think that he has got big questions to answer I think they will want to hear from him himself in person. Yeah it almost sounds like he's um, panicking doesn't it, him and his lawyer? Uh, what do you think, everybody? Do you think this is actually, we should be going through Boris Johnson and the lockdown parties right now? Do you think it's still relevant? Do you think it's we're past this point uh, and we, we, we don't need to do it? It's going to be televised. It's going to be live streamed on these channels here as well, I expect. So watch out for it, everybody. But, you know, let's be fair. It is... It is an intentional kind of ritual humiliation, isn't it, really, John? We all know what he said to Parliament. We all know he said the advice was followed at all times and the guidance was always followed and no one broke the rules and actually, whoops-a-daisy, they did. We all know that uh, it wasn't maybe an out-and-out lie, but it was definitely deliberately, you know, fudging the whole thing. And we know he hit his lowest popularity ratings ever and that's why he had to leave power, but he is now out of power. Do we actually need to do this to him do you think well, I think that you look at that report the other week and it the MPs have been looking in detail about what exactly did Boris Johnson say in Parliament and what must he have known about part, uh, what went on in Downing Street. They even did a site visit to Downing Street to work out, well, this is the stairs that Boris Johnson would have walked up from his office to go up to his flat. This is where the party was being held with bottles of wine. Is there any chance he could have walked around that corridor and not have heard people having a party down the corridor? And so I think they want to question him on things like that. And there's lots of things that, you know, we've been talking about this for over a year now. There was obviously the Sue Gray report, which looked into this. The Met Police looked into this. But there are bits of the puzzle that haven't been properly investigated. Things like what we call the ABBA party, that is claims that on the night when Dom Cummings left his job in number 10, 
there were claims that people were heard celebrating up in the number 10 flat where Boris Johnson lived with his wife. Now, they've always claimed that that was a work meeting, that they were talking about who they were going to bring in instead. But some of the people working in number 10 said that they could hear ABBA music coming out, people laughing, people having uh, a great time. That wasn't something the police really looked into. That wasn't something that Sue Gray looked into. I think that is something that you might see MPs asking Boris Johnson questions about next week. And it sounds like it could be a marathon session. It's going to start at 2 p.m. next Wednesday. It's all going to be live on TV. And we expect it could go on for up to four hours. So in four hours, even if you get the kind of usual Boris bluster kind of trying to run down the clock, that's still quite a bit of time for MPs to be able to ask him questions about what exactly did go on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, the argument, well, I didn't even recognise this that came out at the time. So the argument was that the reason they were having a party in a flat with the winner takes it all blaring out was because they were trying to work out whether Benny or Bjorn were going to take over from Don Cummings, was it? <laughs> well, the, the, the I mean, as excuses go. <sighs> anyway, D yeah. says, if he has served as a prime minister and things have happened and he still carries on putting in his two pennies worth, he should be questioned and grilled. I suppose from the other point of view, John, the, the argument is that if Parliament was misled, there has to be consequences for that, doesn't there? And that's why they're going over this. It's not just the fact that, you know, politically there are some people who want to punish him. It's also the fact that if Parliament's been misled and there are no consequences for it, if we just say, oh, we'll forget it now, it's a long time ago, then Parliament could just be misled again and again and again and again, couldn't it? Yeah, and I think that you will see that um, MPs will want to be certain about this, that I think the committee's not going to come to this finding that he deliberately misled Parliament unless they're sure about it, because they know that there was a lot of scrutiny on what they're doing. If they do find that he did deliberately mislead Parliament, there's a range of different sanctions that they could recommend that the House of Commons gives to him. And they could be quite serious if they decide to suspend him from the House for 10 days, then that will start a process which could see a by-election held in his uh, constituency, which could see him kicked out of Parliament. And so, and we've seen how much he's spent on legal fees already. They're going to want to make sure that their case is absolutely watertight before they decide that he has misled Parliament. Exactly. And of course, they could suspend him for something less than 10 days if he's found guilty of anything. And then there isn't a recall, but there's just, you know, other stuff comes out of it then, doesn't it? And I'm sure he'll be complaining loudly about all of it. Now, Mike says, if he admits to guilt at the committee, <laughs> well, well, very optimistic, Mike, which he won't, obviously. Will Downing Street be on the phone to the BBC to instruct them to report on something else? I think Mike's referring there, John, to um, some WhatsApp messages that have come out um, perhaps, who knows, as a result of the cull that's been going on at the BBC, uh, referring to the fact that uh, it seems that some of the Tory government were on the, the phone to them, urging them not to report things like the Jennifer Arcuri story uh, about Boris Johnson's affairs uh, and some of the other stuff as well that wasn't, and not using the word lockdown as well, wasn't it? That was a big thing. They used curbs and restrictions in the BBC, whereas everyone else was talking about lockdown. Just from the political point of view, John, what was the... What was the problem with the word lockdown, which has become the word which everyone refers to it as? 
Well, I think that anyone who's worked in Westminster knows that at many points there's different things that Downing Street suddenly has a problem with and they try and put pressure on journalists to kind of do things in a different way. I know the point that Mike's making there, but I actually think that the current inhabitants of Downing Street might be quite happy if this kind of puts the final nail in the coffin of Boris Johnson, that Rishi Sunak knows that he's got Boris Johnson there in the background. He doesn't want him making a comeback. And Rishi Sunak was asked about the Privileges Committee as he was on this trip to San Diego at the weekend and he was saying to reporters that you know he's going to let MPs get on with their job on this Privileges Committee, he's not going to intervene and that he's not going to instruct them to go easy on the Prime Minister or anything like that and I think yeah there are a lot of people in the Tory party who still have a lot of affection for Boris Johnson who think he would be very successful if he did come back for them. I think for people in number 10 they're quite glad he has gone and don't want to give him any chance to come back again no Rishi Sunak is not going to interfere but he is just going to sit there and eat a lot of popcorn while he watches it all Marco says if he's found to have misled parliament don't you think he should pay the lawyers fees it's so wrong a taxpayer should have to foot the bill uh, I I don't know if there's any capacity for actually any sort of mechanism for getting that money back I suspect that because he's a, a public servant and he's being um, questioned about you know, uh, whether, or not, whether or not he's broken public service rules in a way in Parliament. That's why, therefore, public money is being provided to it. Although, of course, he's not getting the legal aid lawyer, is he? He's getting Lord Panic to do it, who I'm sure won't be £3.50 an hour. So um, thank you for that, Marco, who's come to us direct from YouTube as a questioner. Hooray! We've got YouTube, YouTube guys as well. Um, so thank you for that. Now, we're going to move on to the big story of the day. And at 12.30 this afternoon, just after PMQs, uh, the Chancellor, Jamie Hunt's going to get to his feet and deliver his first budget. A mere three years after he lost out in a Tory leadership election to one Boris Johnson and was banished to the back benches from where we were never going to hear from him again. But he did spend a lot of time, I can recall, saying that more money needed to go to the NHS. Now, John... Um, has written what may be, I think, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but maybe one of the most optimistic newspaper intros uh, in Fleet Street history. And it says, I'll read it out to you as soon as I pull it up here. Uh, the Mirror today urges Jeremy Hunt to offer us all a brighter future by tackling inequality and child hunger and rewarding heroic key workers. Marvellous. Well done, John. Um, but it's been followed by the possibly the most depressing second bar in newspaper history. There are fears the Tory Chancellor will stick to failed policies in a budget that favours the rich. So, John, how likely is it that he's going to actually listen to us and and give some money back to the little guy rather than the big ones? So I think there will be some things in there that are quite helpful for a lot of people. There has been the threat that the energy price cap, which means that bills for a typical household at the moment, they're about £2,500 a year. They have been threatening to lift that to about £3,000 a year in April. The government have confirmed this morning that they're actually going to ex extend the cap at the price point it is for three more months. So that will help people until the summer. We think that they are going to keep fuel duty at the same rate as it is. So that will be fairly helpful to motorists. And we know there will be some bits of help in childcare in there at the moment if you've got a three and four year old if you do I think it's more than 16 hours of work you get 33 hours of childcare 
a week. They're going to extend that to one and two-year-olds, which will be quite helpful for a lot of parents. There are questions, though, about whether there is enough capacity in nurseries to provide this. At the moment, a lot of people with three and four-year-olds struggle to find places that have the availability to give them 30 hours of free childcare. So if you increase that to one and two-year-olds, but don't put in more nursery places, that's just going to create massive uh, kind of pressure on the system. Labour MP Stella Creasy, who's kind of been campaigning on childcare, she just says this is economically illiterate if you do nothing about nursery places at the same time. So that's helpful. Also, we think that they're going to nick Labour's policy on breakfast clubs for primary school pupils. So at least that will provide, you know, it's not something that the Mirror's done a lot of campaigning on free school meals. But this is providing breakfast clubs so people get uh, children at least have had a meal before they start the school day. That's something that they party promised at their last party conference. The Tories clearly think that's a good idea. They've decided to nick that for themselves. So those are all the bits that will be quite good and quite helpful. But here's the bad news is it doesn't sound like there's going to be a penny of extra money in there to give a pay rise to public sector workers. And we know that the strikes have been a massive deal over the last few months. You just look at today, it looks like there's going to be hundreds of thousands of people on strike today. You've got teachers, you've got civil servants, you've got workers on the London Underground, you've got university lecturers. I'm trying to find the list I wrote down somewhere in front of me. I think I've got most of them, junior doctors as well. So there's loads of people just on strike today. We know what it's been like the last few months. And what the unions have been saying is that needed to kind of settle this is getting more money into places like the Department of Health so they can invest in frontline staff. And it doesn't sound like there's going to be any extra cash going to government departments to help them to pay for pay rises. Yeah, and of course, that's going to mean that any pay rises they do have to cut boom is going to mean effectively a cut somewhere in the service to pay for it. Now, uh, Misha Ben-Toby says he'll offer the most vulnerable more misery and suffering whilst making the rich richer and the poor poorer, because that's what the Tories do. Misha, open a window and look at the sunshine. Try and find some positivity in the world. I feel you're right, but, you know, let's just try and be optimistic if we can until he after he's spoken, at least. Leslie says it's wishful thinking. The budget will give yet will yet more give one, one hand while taking with the other. So we'll be no better off. Will they be dealing with the energy profiteering? One of the things they're going to be doing in the budget, which I, I've seen today, which talks about in here, is the energy bill. So you've mentioned the cap, which they're going to keep for a few more months. But they've also decided they're going to take some action on prepayment meters. Now, this is how someone, if you if you are had difficulties paying your energy bill before now, and you've had a prepayment meter installed, you will pay more for your electricity than you will do if you are on direct debit, which is ridiculous because you are obviously struggling to pay your bills and you're going to have to pay more for your bills as a result. Now, they're saying that they're going to bring this in line with the direct debit prices so that it's, you know, it's the uniform price, which is great, but... Um, it's going to cost 400 million from general taxation. John, why on earth are we all paying the energy companies to be more reasonable? Why don't they just force the energy companies to lower the damn price for those, you know, millions of people who, who are finding it hardest to pay? Yeah, I think that is a big question a lot of people are asking. You know, the Labour Party keep 
pushing for a windfall tax. They've been pushing for it. Goodness knows which budget they started asking for a windfall tax and saying that that's where a lot of the money to pay for stuff needed to come from, that energy companies were making massive profits on how uh, prices have gone up. Um, we have seen some form of windfall tax, but Labour say it doesn't go far enough. It isn't a proper windfall tax. They want it to be increased. And at the moment, the government has been pushing against that, saying, no, that's not the way they're going to fund things. No. Well, you know, Julie's there saying if they weren't storing money in their offshore accounts, there would be money in this country. But nobody tackles that. I'm afraid, Julie, nobody is going to tackle it while the people who are running the country all have money in offshore accounts. Now, we have heard, as John's explained, some stuff that's coming. Uh, there's a lot of good news if you're a bit better off. So if you've got a million pounds in a pension pot, which is usually if you're earning about 50 grand a year and you've been paying into a pension for 20 years, you can now put more in that pot before it gets taxed. Hooray for you. Uh, if you can afford to have children, as John said, you will have the right to uh, some more free childcare. But it's thought that only the Sutton Trust uh, said overnight that they think only 20% of the poorest third of families will actually qualify for it. John, it looks to me like, I mean, call me cynical if you like, that the Chancellor is going to say stuff about how he's helping the poorest in the hope that they will believe him and that when it comes to election time, the fact they don't actually have more money in their pocket will somehow not equate to, you know, they won't they won't calculate what's gone on there. He's sort of saying he's doing stuff for people, but it's really it's not enough, is it? Yeah, and I think that will be a problem. You get um, big announcements like this, like the budget, and the government are quite keen to put some quite consumer-friendly policies in there. So then it's easy to go on the TV and talk about. So things like this childcare saying 33 hours, one in two-year-olds, it's quite easy. You can explain it in a couple of sentences. It's something that the Chancellor can go and do TV interviews later, maybe go and post some pictures playing with children in a nursery somewhere. It's something that kind of does make quite a big splash. But I think when when it does come to the next election, people will judge the government on how they feel it's actually impacting them in the pocket and how it's working out in reality, rather than just how it was sold in kind of the glossy brochures. And I think if people see that they're struggling to get their children proper nursery places, that they've seen that the prices of the hours that you are having to pay for are suddenly having to go up to kind of make up for this, mm. then people will think, hang on a minute, I'm being stung by this, that this isn't the great offer that it first seemed like when it was being sold at the budget. Exactly. It's not like we're having to an, an immediate election. There is some time for all the impacts to be felt, isn't it? And uh, just because Jeremy Hunt always reminds me of a surprised looking duck, um, wants to go and play potato prince in a nursery. You can do that anytime. There he is, quack, quack. Now, Mike says, um, a person would have to put £25,000 a year of spare cash into a pension for 40 years to accumulate a million pounds, and the government are going to raise it. If this isn't a tax break for the 1%, it's certainly not for the vast majority of us. Um, and he's referring to the fact that part of the reason for this is they want to bring back qualified people uh, into the NHS, people who've taken early retirement. I understand the stated aim to retain or bring back older doctors, but with other parts of government vilifying doctors for their greed, it doesn't seem like a very consistent message. So we've got all these things about how we're going to help people out. We've got all these things about how we're going to, um, you know, bring people back into the workplace. But yet there's this big corporation tax hike, 19% up to 25%. They're not doing it in stages as far as we know yet, which would make a bit more sense perhaps for businesses. Um, small businesses don't have to pay uh, all of it. But 
it's kind of like, you know, why I know that they didn't want to cut that too much because that's what Liz Truss tried to do and the whole world went on fire when she did that. But they could have made that a bit more gradual, couldn't they? Because businesses, we've got a page there in the paper of small businesses going, we just can't, we can't wear it. We absolutely can't wear this. A sudden 6% increase in your tax for anybody is critical, isn't it? I'd have thought. Yeah, I think this is actually one of the places where you're going to see rows on the Tory side as well. This is somewhere that Tory MPs are pushing over the last couple of weeks. This tax rise that's just going to come in in April, moving corporation tax from 19% to 25%. It's been penciled in the diary for quite a long time. It's going to come in in April. But different groups of Tory MPs, particularly those who are big fans of Liz Trust, have been campaigning over the last couple of weeks and saying to the Chancellor, you can change it at the last minute. This isn't what the best thing to do for growth in this country is but obviously it sounds like that has not kind of gone to plan and that Jeremy Hunt is going to go ahead with this tax rise in April. Yeah well we'll have to sort of see how some of that goes later on maybe it's because they do talk don't they, about rabbits out of hats in the budget and he'll suddenly stand up and say something no one was expecting but they've briefed literally almost the entire budget out all over the place so far so uh, who knows what what's left that they haven't actually told anybody. Some of the announcements that we know about do sound quite nice 23 million pounds to help heat local swimming pools with their energy bills, £33 million for housing for veterans. But when you spread those kind of sums around the country, John, that's it's 50p ahead for veterans. It's 30p ahead to run your local swimming pool. That's not going to keep a lot of people swimming or off the streets. Why, why are they getting such tiny amounts of money? You know, the big money is going on, what, the, the fuel duty being kept, the and what else? The fuel duty is obviously expensive. The energy price cap is expensive. This change that they're doing on pensions that you were talking about, allowing people to mm. put more money in their pension pot before they pay tax on that, that is actually quite expensive as well. The childcare okay. announcement, that will cost at least £4 billion, maybe more than that. But as you say, yeah, there's always these little bits in the budget, things like this pot of money to help swimming pools with higher bills. And the really important thing to always look at is how much is being spent on these things. And yeah, £30 million or £20 million sounds like an awful lot of money to us. But as you say, once that is spread across the country to all different places, that doesn't end up being too much cash at all. No. Well, my little girl gets out of the swimming pool for the last year or so, she, six months probably, she's been shivering because they've had to turn it down a few degrees because they can't afford to, to keep it heated. They can't afford to keep the, the air as heated as it was. So it's more well saying they keep the swimming pools open. But if they're coming out shivering and everything else, they're not going to want to get in in the first place, are they? Now, Leslie says, I don't think anything they do in this budget will help them win any election. The damage has been and still is being done. They are not dealing with poverty or inequality. The language they're using is telling. I think you've summed it up, Leslie. Actually, it's uh, it's very much, I think, half the country is sitting there twiddling its thumbs, just going, please hurry up and get out of the way so someone else can do it now. Uh, but Rishi's and Keir's uh, popularity is on about even Stevens at the moment. Rishi's pulled it back a little bit with some of his Brexit negotiations and things he's been doing in France and America. So who knows? Things have still got a couple of years before the next election. It could yet turn around. We'll have to find out, won't we? Um, keep asking us your questions about the budget or what you think about Boris Johnson's evidence that he's going to give next week to the Privileges Committee and what you'd like them to ask him. Um, what would you like Jeremy Hunt to do in the budget for you? 
uh, what would make a big difference to your life, let us know. But first off, there is some not just good news. This is really absolutely lovely, wonderful stuff. Um, we managed to find it for you. Here it is. Now, this is a story about a 13-year-old girl called Lucy. Uh, she is completely blind uh, after having tumours in her eyes as a baby. She also got autism. Um, but watch this video. She sat down to play for a new Channel 4 show called The Piano. Watch this. I haven't seen that all the way through. That is absolutely wonderful. That is Lucy playing Chopin in a shopping centre when they were going around and uh, waiting for people who might want to take part in this piano. And tonight on the show, Lucy is one of four finalists. Sorry, she's going to walk out at the Royal Festival Hall of all places where she's going to play a note perfect, because it's already been filmed, rendition of Debussy's Arabesque. Now, it's going to be the most amazing TV moment of the year so far. As Jeanette says there, she's amazing. Chopin is so complex. Um, John, is this proof that no matter what's wrong, you know, music can always lift our spirits a bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, just amazing. And to think that she's got that amazing opportunity to play at the Royal Festival Hall. You just saw the impact there from just people walking along in the streets. One of the people filming it on her phone. I don't know if you saw at the end, she had tears streaming down her face as well. And yeah, I mean, amazing impact on the audience. And also in today's paper, there's words from her mum talking about the brilliant impact it's had on Lucy as well, saying that she's been kind of grown in confidence thanks to this and also her mum you know just sounds like a great person often in these things when you've got talented young children you've got pushy parents mm. and her mum in the interview was just saying that you know she just wants her to be happy she wants her to be safe if she wants to play the piano when she's older then all well and good that is great but it will be her choice to do it whether she carries on with it or not she's not going to be one of these parents who just kind of pushes her out in the limelight and says this is something you have to do and kind of where it gets to a point where it's no longer enjoyable. But at the moment, it seems that she really loves performing. And yeah, people who watch it seem to be really touched by it. 
Christ, absolutely wonderful. That that moment where the, the child was walking along and just stopped dead and went, what, really? That was amazing. Uh, and I really hope that Lucy perhaps gets a, a record deal or something out of it, not to push her too far, but so that perhaps she can uh, have some money and put aside for sort of long-term care and things like that and some whatever help and care that her parents need as well, because she probably needs some. I think it's absolutely wonderful. And it's on nine o'clock tonight, all right, everyone, on Channel 4. Make sure you tune in because it's going to be chef's kiss i think absolutely wonderful and some other good news very very quickly um i've got a book out a new book uh which is on amazon now on ebook and uh a paperback already for mother's day it's the collected rants of fleet street fox it's a collection of the best columns i've written since all oh, about 2011 all the ones that didn't turn out to be complete um <laughs> <laughs> True. One of which I was amazed, John. I actually went back and I managed to find a column I'd written about Donald Trump and how he would never leave the White House because he'd stoke a Facebook crazed militia first in September, three months before he did it. Why don't I have more betting on the racehorses? I don't know. Um, but there's it's three ninety nine on Kindle and eight ninety nine paperback. Help yourself out to something or give your mother a present for Mother's Day, John. I'll even give you a free copy for coming. Mm. <laughs> oh, he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a burn right um keep thank you everyone for taking part thank you uh john for explaining it to us uh prime minister's questions will be on here later at 12 o'clock with the budget live streamed as well at 12 30 so come back and keep an eye on that until then we'll see you all again on monday don't forget mother's day on sunday whatever you're getting her uh and for another edition of the news agenda till then tatty bye <laughs>